Hi everyone, before we get into today's episode, we need to address some of the content we discuss. This episode was recorded a few weeks ago before the most recent round of mass shootings. In today's episode, while sharing middle school memories, we discuss our 6th grade hunter education class, including our class field trip to the firing range. We even laugh a bit at how unusual the class seems to friends who didn't grow up in a rural community. We don't feel that letting that story stand on its own without commenting on the bigger issue at hand is responsible or respectful. In fact, we regret that it took these tragedies to open our eyes to the oversight. Gun violence is a serious public health issue in the U.S. Our hearts go out to the victims of gun violence and their families, but we know that isn't enough. We'll be making a donation to the Coalition to Stop Gun Violence, a nonprofit organization that develops and advocates for evidence-based solutions to reduce gun injury and death in all its forms. I'll link to the organization in the show notes in case you're interested in learning more or supporting them as well. And on that somber note, we will get back to the show. This is Unrefined, the podcast where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories. Hi there, story lovers. I'm Shannon. And I'm Camille. And welcome to another episode of Unrefined. Today we have some very special stories for you. We're going straight for that angsty nostalgia of middle school. That's right. I feel like right now a huge part of our audience is comprised of our friends and classmates from our younger years. So I thought we all might get a kick out of these stories. You want to set this up for everybody and tell them a little bit about Bell Street Middle School and maybe being a wildcat and kind of what our town was like? Sure. Uh, looking back, it was a, it was really a beautiful place to grow up. It was, you know, just like everyone talks about, you would ride your bike from neighborhood to neighborhood and be out until the sun went down. And it was just very real small town in the South. Football rained and there were lots of cows places and country roads. And so every country song is right. So there were two middle schools, one high school, there was a private school, but it was also a home for children. And we went to Bell Street Middle School, home of the Wildcats, um, the mighty, mighty Wildcats. Go Wildcats. How many people do you think were how big was the school? Our high school was probably like six to 800, right? I think so. I feel like we graduated with about 200 people. So that makes sense. And the demographics were probably a pretty even black and white 50-50, maybe. That's what I, I think. Yeah. And I remember there being a lot of fights at our school. I remember a lot of fights in high school. Um, Yeah, a lot of fights in high school. I remember in middle school that kid brought a gun to school and we got locked in our classrooms and that was way before oh I don't remember that lockdowns yeah and then another kid brought brass knuckles do you remember yeah I remember something about brass knuckles and had a huge fight and there were there was blood all over the classroom so we had to have our classes in the library I don't remember that oh I remember it so clearly 
because they had to disinfect, probably spraying that weird stuff that when people threw up that smelled really sweet. That gross stuff. They, yeah, just had to disinfect the whole room and we had to have class in the library. I don't remember these things. I was so freaking self-centered as a kid. Like, and I think all kids are. Like, you're just in that time where you're very angsty and very focused on yourself and I just think about all these kids we went to school with and we had I had no concept of what their home life was like. No. And there was definitely poverty. We also had a college in our town, which was kind of unique. It was a small college. Um, so it was kind of like two different sides of the spectrum. Yeah. It was like very small liberal arts school. So you had this influx of people from around the state, mostly in state, and then football games and basketball games that we would go to and when we got older it was like our little playground like going to fraternity houses oh yeah and that kind of thing (laughs) it was not as much fun for me probably no why is that Shannon because my parents both worked at the college and everyone knew me (laughs) as Dr. Inman's daughter (laughs) so I had no anonymity and people were not very interested in hanging out with me which is fine it's all fine now. It's all fine now. Everyone's good. Everyone's good. So I Googled Bell Street Middle School before we hopped on this conversation today, and it does not exist anymore. Uh, they have, I guess, consolidated everything into one middle school called Clinton Middle School, and they've built a new building, I think. But they are still the Wildcats, so that is still a thing. To prepare for this, I was kind of just reminiscing and looking through a lot of my old annuals, and you and our friend Emily wrote uh, Home of the Wild Rats everywhere and the yearbooks, which I thoroughly (laughs) enjoyed. God, we were clever. Weren't you? Well, yeah. I think we should get started with some of these stories. And now that you have a little background of of where we grew up, small southern town, previous mill town, very church. We've talked about that before. We, We went to church literally five times a week it felt like a lot so yeah i we're basically shannon and i have come up with kind of three three memories that are still bold in our brains from that time and um, shannon i would love for you to tell me your first one One thing that stands out to me, and I didn't realize it was unusual at the time, was that the first nine weeks of PE when we were in the sixth grade was dedicated to hunter education. Do you remember that? Do you remember doing it? I I still have my um, my certificate. I bet you do. You have all the good stuff. (laughs) I, I remember this being basic firearm safety. And the whole course really culminated in a trip to the firing range. Where we got to go shoot rifles at targets and a few of us got to shoot a shotgun at skeet. Uh I didn't realize any of this was weird until I started telling the story to people who I met who did not grow up in rural South Carolina. And they were just shocked that they would give a bunch of sixth graders guns. They were like, they they gave... 12 and 13 year olds live rounds yeah they put earplugs on you and they were like i am at the target i guess so i have to be honest about hunter safety is i think it's an excellent idea which is probably not everyone's favorite opinion but 
I don't know if today in our society that could ever happen, but I don't remember there being any accidents or any bad things that happened. And we just all, all the sixth graders went and you learned, you know, how to safely use a firearm, you know, and I'm from a military family. So that was something that I was taught very young. Um, and I was taught to have respect and not fear, but to show reverence, I guess, for this very kind of dangerous thing. But yeah, I can't imagine someone from New York City being like, you guys did what? <laughs> like they gave children firearms? Right. But it was so normal. Yeah, I, I don't know that it was too unusual for a rural town. I have no idea if they still do it today. But I don't think it was a bad thing. I think it's a shocking thing for other people to hear sometimes. Absolutely. But I also think we probably went to school with people who relied on hunting to feed their families. And being a self-centered teenager at the time, I don't think I realized that either. Oh, no. We grew up with guys who came to school, went hunting, and and came to school after. Yeah. It wasn't an abnormal thing. Growing up there made me a little more open to different ways of life that people have that city folk might not think about. But I, yeah, I remember, I mean, hunter safety, what liability? Could you imagine the liability now? especially with mass shootings and yeah, I don't think it translates to today's world at all in the same way that it did back then. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, when I tell other people about it, they're just like, Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of the things I remember most about Bell Street Middle School. I love it, Shannon. So what's, what's your first one? My first one is, is a, a similar, it was a, an activity that involved everyone at school. And that was the Get Smart program. Get Smart was convicted felons that were in prison. They weren't just in the jail or the drunk tank. They actually were serving time. And they would wear these snazzy sweatsuits. It was like the nylon with the stripes down the side and the Get a Get Smart shirt. It's like a warm-up suit. Yeah. And I, it looked like they were going to start like breakdancing maybe, but they were from prison. God, if only they had. I know, right? That would have been, that would have really got everybody's attention. But they, they were usually, there was always a woman and a couple of men, and they basically would do a presentation on an assembly. So everyone would gather in the gym and they would basically be like, you don't want what I'm going through every day. And I made these decisions. It's kind of like that showing you drunk driving videos of horrible wrecks. But yeah, so they would come in and they would, they would get real with you. And it's like the scared straight you see on television, but not that intense because obviously they were on good behavior to come and present. But I remember like the, the adrenaline and the excitement knowing that I was going to interface with hardened criminals. Like I remember and seeing like the woman and being like, oh, oh yeah, God, like one choice. She did one hit of the cocaine and the rest of her life is now in prison. Or like, you know, one hit of the marijuana cigarette and now her life is over. Obviously, it, it had a big effect on me. Well, and two, there was kind of that danger factor, that whole idea like you're walking into a room with these people and you don't really know what they could do to you. They could take the school, Shannon. They could have taken the whole school hostage. Exactly. I'm just glad one of, none of them were handsome because then I probably would have tried to date them. Then I'd have to add a prisoner to my list. You don't have one of those? No, not yet. Not yet. I'm not dead yet. 
Oh, yeah. I remember those programs. They were pretty interesting. I mean, I just remember loving any excuse to get out of class and go to an assembly. And those were always really interesting and exciting. And exciting. Yeah. So anyway, that was mine. And our, our I feel like our next ones are, are going to be similar to a big memory. But let's get romantic, Shannon. So you want to hear my first kiss story? Yes, I do. My first kiss was in eighth grade. I wish you guys could see her smile right now. It's so, it's so big. And it's, it's, it's this is amazing. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So my first kiss was in the eighth grade and all of my friends had already been kissing people and I was feeling a little behind So I developed a plan to get kissed (laughs) because I always have a plan. (laughs) So part one of my plan was to make people think that I had. (laughs) Sorry, I'm going to crack up this whole time. Okay. Guys, my first of all, my favorite part of this so far is I always have a plan. So, which is accurate (laughs) and I cannot wait to hear step one. Phase one. All right. So phase one. So part one of the plan was to make people think I had some natural kissing skills. And do you remember when we thought that if you could tie the stem of a maraschino cherry in a knot with your tongue, you were a good kisser, right? Yeah, right. It was, that's, that is scientifically proven. <laughs> Bam. Well, I could, I could tie that stem into a knot. Want to know how I did it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I snuck that stem out of my mouth and I tied it with my hands and then I somehow snuck it back in and then voila, look, I did it. I must be a really good kisser. So I I had succeeded in that in making people think, Shannon, good kisser. Step one, check. I got that association going. So Mm -hmm. part two of the plan was to find a guy who I knew who had kissed someone to increase my chances of getting kissed. I didn't want to waste my time on a guy who might not go for it. So I started. Right. I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> so I started going with, that was what we called it back then, going with somebody. Mm-hmm. With this guy who sat at my art table in class and he had already kissed somebody. And he was a really nice guy. I had his cousin set us up um, because that's how we used to do it. We would have a proxy go and negotiate terms for going together absolutely so i had the guy i had the seed planted and part three was finding the opportunity (laughs) and this was the tricky part because my parents were kind of strict and we didn't have a ton of opportunities where we were alone with even a group of friends so i knew we had this football game coming up and my boyfriend played football but for some reason the eighth grade boys weren't playing in that game i'm not sure why and my parents agreed to let me go and i swear this was just like a few days before my 14th birthday so we were all hanging out under the stadium and it happened and i remember being kind of embarrassed that he kissed me in front of everyone and very relieved that our braces didn't get stuck together And we broke up a week later and it was mostly because he would kiss me after school before I got on the bus in front of everybody. And I was so embarrassed to be publicly kissing this guy that I just had to stop it. 
but I got my mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. I think he got over me. I don't know, Shannon. He got over me pretty fast, I think. Well, he ended up marrying another one of our <laughs> friends, and they are still together today, and they have a lovely family, and and now I am blushing and embarrassed. Oh my, where was I? Was I front row? I feel like any I was always going to be there like popcorn or like I feel like you had to be there. I had to. Right. I had to be there. But yeah, I don't I I I am starting to like click in a little bit and I feel like the the at the bus thing makes sense to me. Yeah. So, Shannon, that was beautiful and romantic. Yeah. So, what's yours? So, um, just like, um, wanting to always get the F out of that town, that town's too small for me and keep taking a one-way ticket to anywhere. Um, I looked for boys in neighboring towns. Um, and so I used to go to a camp. Smart. Right. I went to a camp and met friends there and through one of those friends, I went to visit her and she lived in Greenwood, which was literally like lost fucking Vegas compared to Clinton. They had a mall. They had a movie theater. They had a Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was like big city living. They had gated communities. I mean, I was like, these people are so rich. This is like amazing. My mom still makes fun of me because I would say like, I want to move to Greenwood. Why can't we move to Greenwood? And then looking back, I'm like, God, that would be just that would just as bad, just as bad as Clinton. Well, anyway, there was a boy named Jason and my friend hooked us up together and we went and saw the movie Sneakers. Do you remember this movie? I think it was like River Phoenix was in it and Robert Redford and it was about like hacking computers, I think. I don't know that I ever saw that, but it sounds familiar. Anyway, we went to Sneakers and I remember... So we sat in the back row and I was so nervous because it's like I knew it was going to happen because in, in Greenwood, they lived fast. It was big time. It was all it was like a step up. So, yeah, we went and we we kissed during the movie. And I remember my body. I remember the sensation of like, what's happening to my body? <laughs> it's tingling all over. Yeah. Yeah. OK. It, that was a thing. And, um, it was, I'm sure I was so bad at it because not too much longer later, there was a guy that I had a crush on that we talked about and you were there when he came to my house once. And when he left, we kissed on my back deck and he had to tell me to slow down. He was like, slow down. It's okay. Just relax. And I remember that being the most embarrassing thing, probably because I was just trying to inhale him and like devour his face. So yeah, then later, still my first kiss, he surprises me at my birthday, which was held at the the American Legion hut. And I remember my dad had made me find the DJ and he ended up being kind of an older man who did not have any music we were listening to. So it ended up just being my CDs, which was a lot of like Garth Brooks. Paula Abdul, Whitney Houston, Boys to Men was definitely there. Yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers. But I just remember Jason and I hardcore tongue kissing. Just like we might as well just have been licking each other's faces, open mouth licking. And my parents <laughs> were there. And my parents, oh. I remember 
seeing like in the flash, like my, my mom at one point walked by and then my dad. And I was just so stoked to be open mouth kissing. To this day, it makes my skin crawl thinking about my mom and dad seeing me French kiss <laughs> on a dance floor. So yeah, Shada, that was that was my first kiss that then went to the skin crawling of making out in front of my parents. Like zero shame. Disgusting. So what was your last one, Shannon? It's the it's the time I got in trouble. That's singular. <laughs> the one time you got in trouble. Because there was only one. Just one. Pretty much. In trouble at school. Okay. Okay, so in the 90s, you you were there, you remember this. Yeah. Um, schools were really committed to policing girls' bodies via dress codes. Do you remember that? They still are. And they still are, which I find very frustrating and unevolved of them. But um, one morning, I remember after the first bell rang and we were filing into the school, there were some administrators standing in the hall at the entrance and they were pulling girls to the side whose shorts they thought were too short and what the measuring was very specific at our school you had to put your arms all the way down and they had to go past the tip of your middle finger correct I have very long hands so this was not (laughs) going to be good for me they had pulled a disproportionate number of black girls out of the flow of traffic and they were pissed Mm -hmm. and the girls who'd been pulled out started calling out white girls with shorts that were of questionable length and And they pulled me over to the side and I was completely horrified because I I never got in trouble for anything at school. Ever. Ever. Yeah. And I remember these shorts were these cuffed rainbow striped shorts. They were cute. I got them at Kato and... (laughs) Kato, yes, you did. uh, Yeah, I did. (laughs) And like you said, the rule was they had to be fingertip length, which is you know, maybe the dumbest measure ever because everyone's arms are a different length. And some people have very long, long fingers. fingers. (laughs) So in my mind, I'm like, if my dad let me out of the house in these shorts, they're probably fine. You know, like, come on. Yeah. So they took all these girls they had kind of pulled away from their education and they herded us into the multi-purpose room and they made us each stand up and put our arms to our sides to check the length of our shorts. And there was so much tugging and like (laughs) shoulders up by our ears. (laughs) And I, my shorts were just barely shorter than my fingertips. So I was able to kind of like work on some good posture and um right so I passed and I was released back to class and like I just remember the rest of the day was I was riding high on that adrenaline of my near miss <laughs> and like it was just very dramatic and you're such a criminal you just like <laughs> escaped it you escaped it I know and you know this this story is funny but on a serious note I had I did not realize my privilege in that moment but I do now. And I didn't have the outrage that I should have had about schools sexualizing teen girls and policing their bodies like that, especially young girls and women of color. So now I'm pissed. Yeah. I wish we had 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 these thoughts even. I had no idea. It was just the norm. First of all, where we grew up didn't create a space for that kind of thought. But the time we grew up, 
as well. And I'm not saying that that's an excuse because um, it shouldn't be. I think the important thing is that we are, we have grown and come to understand all of this. So it's, we thought what we thought, we said what we said, we believed what we believed then, but we've grown and we have come full circle on a lot of those things. Yeah, true. So my, the, the final story um, of this podcast, and, and believe me guys, we've got so many of them, but these are the ones that um, are the ones that stand out kind of the most. This one was a, a, is one of the strongest memories I have. It was when I almost had my entire life taken from me, college, future, the, the incredible success I, I now have of making a little bit over minimum wage as a public educator. All of that could have been gone, Shannon, by Ric Flair. Oh. Is what she was called. Oh, um, yeah. Bless her heart is how I'll say that. Bless her heart. She had a, a sad haircut at one point. Now she's very attractive, successful doctor, but whatever. Yeah, so um, I had a rivalry with one of my co-cheerleaders. And we just talked talk smack to each other behind each other's backs a lot. And this happened over a really long time. And, and I feel bad because this girl was actually incredibly intelligent, yeah. very sweet. So when it came to bullying, there were rednecks and there were preps. And being called a prep was basically like, you're from one side of the tracks. You are seen as wealthy. Well, my parents were not wealthy. They, the Christmas checks, like for Christmas presents would literally, they, my mom would just like be fingers crossed. I hope the check clears, you know, at least we have presents under the tree. So it's not like we were highfalutin and owned all the textile mills, but we were considered, considered preps and preps was not a compliment. And so a lot of times I'd walk down the hall and hear prep, prep, what you looking at? Prep. <laughs> just on a daily God, a daily taking me back daily basis. <laughs> what you looking at, bitch? Prep, prep. I mean, it was such a weird thing, and it reminds me of um, the Outsiders, the book The Outsiders, when they had the Soches and the Greasers. So it was like we were the Soches, even though like there was not a pinky ring with an insignia insignia on it in sight. You know, it was just like I'm wearing a rugby shirt with rubber buttons and a braided belt. But I remember um, this girl and I, who was a cheerleader with me, we we just did not get along. And I think she was um, encouraged by her friends who were also cheerleaders. So one day we had a pass in one of the classes, a big wooden pass. And she wasn't in that class or didn't have that teacher. And so I marked her name off of the pass. And I'm sure I had a little bit of a redneck in me. And I was like, well, I don't care. She's not in, even in this class. I'll take her name off. I don't care. And her friends saw it. And they directly went, went to her post haste and told her. And so at lunch, and when we had lunch, we would eat and then we would go outside. And there were like three benches. And that was the outside area, right? Yeah. There was like... It's like a field and benches. Yeah. And that's where we would just sit. But um, but yeah, I guess that it was the moment of truth because we were all hanging out, me and you and other people in our friend group. And she came up to me and they, and the guys called her Ric Flair because she had the same haircut as he did at the time. And Ric Flair is a professional wrestler. And it was not very nice. I mean, that was pretty, pretty severe for her to have to deal with. And uh, she came up to me. She was like, I heard you erase my name from the pass. 
And I was like, yeah, I don't like you. You don't like me. That's obvious. Like it is what it is. And then from my point of view, there was just a barrage of fierce talons and almost like a bird taking flight, but with such passion and anger swiping at me and going for me. I, I remember the searing pain of my neck and then everything stopped. So that's, I got beat up, I guess, is what happened. I got in a fight. I don't remember how it stopped or who pu pulled her off or like how it ended. I just know that we had to go our separate ways, which we did. Like nobody escorted us. They were like, you go to that door, you go to that door. And we just went. And the whole time I was walking to that door, I was crying because I knew that I would never get into college now because it was going on my permanent <laughs> record. I knew that I was going to be bullied severely and it was going to be, I mean, I, I remember this girl laughed so hard and she'd be like, oh girl, you got your ass beat. <laughs> like just booming through the halls. And I was like, um, yeah. So we had like a no fighting policy. So both of us, even though it was not my fault, we both got ISS in school suspension and we had to sit beside each other in ISS and do our work. And that day when I got home, my dad made me cry again because I did not kick her ass. Because he had been teaching me how to fight just in general. He's like, I taught you how to push through with your body. Push through with your body. And I was like, I'm sorry. So not only did I, I disappoint myself, the, the intercollegiate in me that knew my permanent record would now be forever marked with a scarlet whatever. Now I've disappointed my father because I didn't like crack her in the face. And... That's probably one of my biggest regrets in life, no offense, but is that I didn't go back and just beat the shit out of you because I was going to get in trouble anyway. My parents came to the school. They were like, this is ridiculous because I'd even told a teacher about it. And the teacher just probably had that same attitude where it's like, they'll figure it out. And we were both honor students too. It was like not, it was like. Yeah, it was two smart kids fighting. Yeah. Yeah. You were there. And I remember thinking, Shannon, you did, like none of my friends helped me beat her up. But it happened so quickly that it was like. It came out of nowhere. First of all, we would not beat anybody up. No. Like it just was so out of nowhere. See, I don't know. Cause I was, I was in it. I mean, I remember we were standing there and you two were kind of yelling and fighting verbally and then it happened and then it was done. Like, yeah, it was so quick. And I mean, even you didn't even have time to react before it was over and she didn't really beat you up. I think she, she scratched you on the neck. I remember she kind of went for you. Yeah. I had the one scratch on my neck, which to me was like, I've been accosted. It was dramatic at the time. It was, you know, Middle schoolers have, there, there was no, there was no compassion. I mean, from that time out, it was like, you got beat up. You got beat up. Oh, Camille got her ass beat. You got, you got your ass beat. You got your ass beat. And I was like, it was a scratch. And, and I remember though, daydreaming for years after about taking my revenge or like wishing that I had like, you know, finished the job she started, you know, cause I, I was bigger than she was pretty strong but it's so funny that and, and now 25 years later it's still 
gets me fired up, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. After that, it was never really this, like, I we never became friends again, really. No. And I think I even recently still wouldn't accept her Facebook friendship or something. <laughs> it was just like too, it was, it was too traumatic for me. It was too triggering. Too much history. Yeah. Too much history there. Spoiler alert. I did get into college and permanent record was not a thing, <laughs> but it's a good story. Well, I think it is a good story. I think we came up with our our best top three, but I know I've got more and I'm sure you do too, that we'll have to stay for another episode. We will. And um, I do want to, for anybody out there who has felt emboldened to share your stories with us about middle school or your most ridiculous uh, moments of adolescence, I would absolutely love for y'all to reach out and um, share them with us. Yeah, definitely. We're going to be putting together episodes, I don't know, forever, probably. And even if we don't have a spot for it on the calendar right now, we'll do another middle school episode down the road. Absolutely. These are evergreen topics. They work anytime. So send them on over. Let's confess some stuff here. So mine has a disclaimer. Okay. (laughs) I feel like legally I need to say this. The disclaimer is do not attempt to do this on your own if you don't know what you're doing. Oh, God. I do not endorse this at all. (laughs) Oh, my God. So my confession is that yesterday I met my sister and we went mushroom hunting in the woods. Okay. Like foraging? Yeah, like foraging. For like psychedelics or just regular mushrooms? Just regular. Well, there's a specific kind of mushroom that's only available a few weeks a year. Have you have you heard of morels before? Yeah. Okay. We are we were hunting morels and and while you know, walking around in the woods hunting mushrooms is not very refined. These suckers sell for like $20 a pound. They're very expensive to buy. So they're a little refined in that way. But yeah, we went hunting for mushrooms in the woods. And yeah, we uh, got real dirty and had ticks on us. And one crawled across my face as I was driving home on the interstate. But that's my confession. See, now I don't know if that's a confession or if it's that's just a cool excursion. I'm not embarrassed for you, Shannon. I feel like I was thinking about like, we used to do this when I was a kid, we would go and I was always like, oh my God, I hope my friends don't know that we go out and hunt mushrooms and eat them. (laughs) No, that sounds like something that's very cool. So I felt like maybe in my mint, like my middle school mentality, I would have, I would have been embarrassed, which, you know, my parents had a number of things that they would do that would embarrass me as every every kid did I'm sure wait so you're talking about doing this when you were younger or recently both okay (laughs) so we did it we would do it when we were younger it's they are not they're not as easy to find in South Carolina but in Indiana like they grow here but it's kind of like a treasure hunt yeah (laughs) it sounds fun the mushrooms themselves are okay, but I really like hunting, like the the findings. So. Yeah, that is. Um, so that's what we did yesterday. Yeah, that sounds really nice. Foraging, you're like a a 
an urban forager, man. Yeah. Man. If we ever have that apocalypse thing happen, I should be able to find my family for three to four weeks out of the year. And I love that you can tell I'm the one that drunk ditches and you're the safe one because I'm like, well, psychedelic mushrooms are regular ones, Shannon. <laughs> Let's be specific, man. One. And you're like, uh, no, just like really delicious ones that <laughs> go great in a fresh farm salad. Yeah. But there are, there is a false morel out there that looks similar to them that are are poisonous. So just be, don't do it if you don't know what you're doing. Okay, I won't. End of public service announcement. Okay, so here's a confession. So it's kind of more of a sad confession, but at school a lot of times I won't have time to heat up my lunch. So I eat canned soup cold with a spoon oh isn't that sad i'm so sorry (laughs) that is sad so sad i don't know what to say like kind of like when i was younger and i would wrap cheese around banana and eat that you did that i did that a lot (laughs) i don't think i could do it at school because everyone would make fun of me but there was something i can't help that my palate was ready for savory and sweet at a young age okay If you like the show, head over to Apple Podcasts and give us that five-star rating and drop us a review. We've got some very special middle school photos to share with this story. So make sure you find us on Instagram at unrefined underscore pod and search for unrefined podcast on Facebook. And remember, if um, there are any stories that you would like to share with us, we're all ears. That about does it for today's show. Until next time, keep those stories coming.